الحمد لله الحمد لله حمدا كثيرا طيبا مباركا فيه كما يحب ربنا ويرضى أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله الناصح الأمين اللهم صل على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين ومن تمسك بسنته إلى يوم الدين ثم أما بعد يا أهلا وسهلا ومرحبا بكم Firstly, after praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala For verily all praise and thanks belongs unto Allah jalla wa'ala And sending the salah wa salam upon the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam After that, we would like to extend our thanks to the administration here at Masjid Bani Adam and to all those who have helped in organizing this program and all those who have come out to attend and likewise those who have tuned in. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward each and every one of you tremendously. We would like to look at some of the effects of fasting, some of the effects of the Shriyam. And I would like to encourage everyone who has the ability to have with them a pen and a paper so they may write down some fawai or those who don't have access to a pen and a paper then if possible we would like to advise them to utilize the memo app inside of their phones to take some notes and to write down some fawaid because bithnilahi ta'ala you will be subject to questions so this is just fair warning. Fair? Do we agree? Huh? It is important for us to know, that actions have an effect that actions, they will have an effect upon us. In other words, righteousness will have positive effects upon us, and on the opposite side, sins, they will have negative and ill effects upon us. And I want everyone to keep this in mind as relates in particular here to the fasting. And I want them to contemplate and to reflect over this reality so that they may appreciate and to understand some of the effects of the fasting so that when we fast, 
will be able to attain that which is maqlub will be able to attain that which is sought after so that the effects of our fasting will be positive bi'milahi ta'ala qala nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam ju'ilat kurratu ayni fi as-salah rawahu al-nisa'i wa sahahahu al-albani the Prophet وسلم, he said that the cooling of my eye, the cooling of my eye has been made inside of the salah. The cooling of my eye has been made inside of the salah. Ma'am. The Prophet said, Stand, O Bilal, and give us some rest, some ease, with the salah, with the salah. Rawahu Abu Dawood wa sahahu al-Albani. This hadith is authentic, collected by Abu Dawood and graded authentic by al-Albani. Right. What's the purpose of these hadith being mentioned? What is the purpose for these ahadith, these two ahadith, these two hadith being mentioned? What's the purpose? Who would like to answer? Huh? What's the point of mentioning these ahadith? Huh? We have no takers? <laughs> listen, whenever you listen to a lecture, you, you, you attend a class or a seminar on the like, when the proofs and the evidences are mentioned, I want you to ponder over them. Try to see the connection. Why is this being mentioned? Try to understand the connection. Why? Because there are often times, right, where you have an opportunity to ask questions based upon the lecture that was presented. Often is the case, more so than not, where the instructor allows for, for questions, they will say what? Restricted to what was mentioned. Right? So if they mention a proof and evidence and then they don't directly connect it to something that was understood by you, maybe it was understood by others, but you didn't understand it, then that's one of the questions you want to ask. You mentioned this hadith, what is that in relation to? What is the significance of you mentioning that particular narration? Because in that, there'll be a lot of benefit. There'll be a lot of fawaid. Because when the instructors, when they put their lessons together or they mention to you what they're mentioning to you, is not haphazardly. There's a, there's a point to it. So you want to catch that point. Because that's from the what? From the fawaid. That's from the fruit. That's from the benefits, rather, that you will gain. Right? Right. So now going back to this. What's the purpose of mentioning those two narrations? With the Prophet he said that the what translated means that the salah has been made the coolant of my eye. And the other narration where the Prophet he will say to Bilal, Oh Bilal, stand up and yani, relieve us with the salah. Meaning what? Stand up, call the event, so relieve us with the salah. What is that pointing to? What does that show you? That shows you what? Huh? Now, that there's some ease in the prayer. Now, it's, 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 it's the hop, it's, 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 that, that, the prayer 
In another words, it what? It brings about ease. It brings about ease. And the prayer bringing about ease, you have cause and effect. And that shows us that what? That the prayer has a positive effect upon the believer. Right? And remember, one of the opening statements was what? Was that deeds affect us. Good deeds affect us in a good way. Bad deeds have an ill effect. Correct? The ulama they mentioned as it relates to these two narrations, if you have a dalil ala anna al ibadah to athiru al abd. And this is a proof and evidence that worship it has an effect, it affects a person. It affects a person. Now, now, why am I saying all of this? Why why do we begin with this with this thing here? It's because what? Once we know that ibadah has a positive effect upon us, then we have to look and to see have we been affected in a positive nature and manner by our ibadah? Have we been affected? Now because for many of us, the vast majority of us, this coming Ramadan ta'ala, is not the first Ramadan that we have fasted. It's not the first. There are some of us who have been Muslim for many, many decades and have fasted therein every Ramadan inside of those decades. So what I want you to do, like I want to ask myself first and foremost, is that what? Is to reflect. Have we been affected by our fast? Has our fast in the past Ramadans increased and enhanced our lives or are we the same after Ramadan as we was before Ramadan? If we find that we can't pinpoint a positive effect that the month of Ramadan has had upon us, then we have to do what? We have to reevaluate now. We have to look at ourselves and ponder why. How come I'm not being affected in a positive manner by fasting? Let us look at the salah, as this was the example that we began with, right? Based upon those two narrations. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, inside of this noble book, He says, Inna salata tanha anil fahshai wal munkar. That verily the salah, it prevents, prevents, from indecent, immoral acts, and it prevents from sins. That the salah, it prevents, it should prevent someone, it should be a deterrent from what? From indecent, immoral acts, like zina, right? Like indecent sexual acts and behavior and it prevents from sins if an individual finds that they pray and their prayer does not stop them from indecent immoral acts and sins and transgression then this is an indication that the khalal that the deficiency is where is in the person Right? It's not in the salah, it's in the person. Because Allah Ta'ala speaks the truth. Inna salata tanha al-fahshai wal munkar. Really the salah, it prevents from indecent immoral actions and from sins and transgression. 
So if a person finds that he's unaffected by his salat, then the problem is where? It's with him. Either because he's not performing a salat correctly, he's not performing a salat correctly, because the Prophet he pray as you see me praying. So if a person is not praying like the Prophet is praying, that's a problem. That's a problem. Naam. So now, when you look at fiqh, when you look at the kafiyah of salat, the way and the manner of making the salat, it takes on now a whole different meaning for you. Because now it is not just looking at something and analyzing the mechanics of a thing, but you understand why. What's the significance behind it? We want to pray correctly. Why? Because we want our salat to affect us in a positive manner. Correct? So now the importance that is that that that, that, yani, that is on the salat takes a whole new definition now. So now when you're studying, what do I say in this position? What do I say in that position? Where do my hands go? Where do I so on and so forth? It, it takes on a whole new significance because your intention behind doing it is that you want to pray exactly the way the Prophet Sallallahu prayed because the Prophet Sallallahu commanded you to pray as he has prayed. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala commanded to obey the Prophet Whatever the messenger gives you, take it. Whatever he prevents you from, stay away from it. So you want to obey Allah Ta'ala and by being obedient unto the messenger and you want your salat to affect you in a positive manner. You want to get the fruits from it, right? So you have to look back. If you find your salat is, 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 is not having the required and desired effect upon you, then this is an indication that what there's a problem in your establishing the prayer. There's a problem in your establishing the prayer. So now you go back to the drawing board. Correct? This is what we do in life, right? What we should be doing in life, correct? If you're doing something and it's not working, what do you do? You keep doing it? No, you stop, you pause, and you reflect, okay, why is this not working? You look back at it. How come this is not working? You try to see, where's the deficiency? Where am I coming up short? What's, where's the flaw? So that you can correct it, so that you can get the desired effect that you're looking for. Right? Wait. Likewise, and more importantly, in this, if you don't find your salah affecting you the way that it should affect you, then you have to look back and say, what's going on? Now, once you analyze and, 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 and you reevaluate and you look over and you realize that I'm praying exactly the way that the Prophet Sallallahu used to pray. So then you know that the khalil is not inside of... The mechanics is not inside of the way which you're carrying out the prayer. But the khalal is where? It's in your khushur. Okay, you're praying properly, but are you paying attention? Are you reflecting over the akkar? Or do they roll off of your tongue? You're not even thinking about it. Right? We all, we all can relate to this, correct? We all can relate to this, correct? You're rolling off the tongue, you're not even thinking. How often is the case a person may yani, fall into ghafla, fall into ghafla, and then forget what he's saying. Did I say it all? Did I not say it all? You find yourself, by the time you, you pick up and you start, yani, you know, the ghafla goes away, you're at the end of the tashahud. Totally forgot that you didn't recite at the beginning of it, but you know you must have because now you're at the end. Okay? 
Yes, salam. It happens. It happens. The point is, is that if there's a khalal in the khushur, then what? You won't find the desired effect. So it would either be because the individual is not praying correctly with the with the motions, or it'll be because the khushur is not there. There's no khushur, or there's little khushur. He's in the salat, but he's thinking about everything else. So he won't find the desired effect, right? So that would be problematic. So now he has to go back and yani rajinafsa. He has to check himself. He has to check himself. And really, out of everything, this is the main thing which I want everyone to take away from from this. Because how many uh, lectures we have heard about Ramadan? How many? Yeah, Subhanallah. You all are from the you all are from the lot, right? That got that famous uh, khutbah delivered to you, right? We need a Ramadan. That was that. Yeah, was yeah, right? Huh? That was yeah, right? Huh? Wait. So, how many talks we heard about Ramadan? And may Allah Taala have have mercy, tremendous mercy upon uh, Abu Wais, rahmatullah how many lectures we heard about Ramadan? How many seminars we, we done, yani, participate, yani, uh, went to? Pre-Ramadan seminars we went to. The, the classes inside of Ramadan we be listening to, right? We be reading the books about Ramadan. We be reading about fasting. We hear the tellings. How many tellings we heard from the Mashaykh about fasting, about Ramadan, about, 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 So, it was, it's, it's not my intention to come to tell you something new, but rather it is to challenge myself and then you to what? To really reflect and to look and to see, are we getting out of the sunyah what we're supposed to get out of the sunyah? And if we're not, why? Now the why, everyone will have to interrogate themselves because that will be something that will be yeah, related to the individual. It will vary from individual to individual. But we have to ask ourselves if we're not seeing the desired effect why? If we're seeing it then praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we ask that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala increase all of us in good. But this is what I want you to have on your mind. This is what I want you to be thinking about and to reflecting over as we go over what we're going to go over with ta'ala. Rawahu Shaykhan, the two Shaykhs, they have narrated. When you hear the likes of the statement, the two Shaykhs have narrated. Who are the two Shaykhs? You tell me, who are they? Ahsantum, Al Bukhari, and Muslims. Naam. This means the hadith is what? Mutafiqun alay. Naam, Mutafiqun alay. What that mean? It's agreed upon. But the level of the likes of this hadith is a hadith that's really strong, kind of strong. What? You tell me. Huh? Really strong. It's the what? It's the strongest. Huh? Most authentic. But. Rawa Shaykhan and Abi Huraira, radiallahu ta'ala anhu. So the hadith has been collected by Abu Huraira. Radiyallahu ta'ala anhu. Anil Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. On the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Where the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, Kullu amal ibn Adam lahu. That all of the actions of the son of Adam are for him. Naam. All the actions of the son of Adam are for him. Al-hasana bi-ashri amthaliha. That a good deed 
is multiplied by 10 of his life times 10. One good deed times 10. Until 700 times. But the average good deed, right, is multiplied by 10 to 700. So that means that the default for the believer, as uh, the Salaf they used to say, the default for the believer is what? I'm asking you now, it's not rhetorical. What's the default for the believer based upon what you just, what you just heard? 10. So the default for the believer is 10. Allahu Akbar. Just reflect on that for a second. That the default for the believer is 10. Whereas the sin, when a person do a sin, how many goes against them? One. 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 You understand? So for the believer now to come Yomul Qiyamah and his sin is more than his good deed? Yeah, subhanAllah. That's really hard, isn't it? Hmm? May Allah protect us. Right. Call Allah Ta'ala. Then the Prophet Sallallahu said, Allah Ta'ala said, Shaykh Uthaymi Rahmatullah he explains that what? That this particular narration, <coughs> it contains the speech of the Prophet Sallallahu and it contains the speech of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala and what the Prophet Sallallahu narrated upon Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. Now, those ahadith where the Prophet Sallallahu narrates the statements of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala are called what kind of hadith? Hadith what? Putsi. You see that? I ain't come here to tell you nothing new. We just want to what? Remind you. That's it. You see? Fight. Fight. Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala, He says, Illa Shiyam, except for fasting. For inna huli wa ana Except for fasting, for verily it is for me, and I shall reward them in accordance to it. I shall reward them for it. Then he has left his desires, he has left his food, and he has left his drink for my sake. The sa'im for the one who fasted, he will have two points of delight. He will have, or he will be yani, happy. When he breaks his fast, and he will be happy when he meets his Lord. And that the, the breath of the fasting person with Allah, and then it comes in a narration, that the breath of the fasting person, I would be with Allah, is more sweeter than mist. It's more sweeter than mist. So you see now, this is another proof of evidence that what? That the sun, that, 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 that righteous good deed, has an effect on the person. What are, what are from those effects of the person is that what? Is that on Yom Al-Qiyamah, huh? his breath will be what? Sweeter than mist. Allahu Akbar. That's tremendous. It's tremendous, right? Like, We want to look at, initially, one sentence from this. Because when we speak about what we, yani anything, we have to speak about that which is most important, and then that which follows it in importance. Correct? We have to speak about that which is most important, and that which follows it in importance. And, Bila Shaykh, Bila Undoubtedly. 
Undoubtedly. The greatest thing that Allah has commanded with is what? Not rhetorical, I'm asking. Is what? Tawheed. Naam. Wa a'adham ma naha anhu. Ish. And the, and, the, and the greatest thing that he prohibited is what? Shirk. Naam. Brothers, if y'all can't switch around, yani, uh, the ones on the wall, I'm going to get a crook in my neck, man. Keep looking at y'all. Just come over here. Come close. Wait. And the greatest thing that, it, that, that the greatest prohibition is what? It's shirk. It's making shirk of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Wait. Y'all remember that? Y'all remember the hadith? From Bukhari Muslims, narrated by Abu Hurairah. Right? So I gave you a hint. So, what do we want to look at now? When I said we want to look at the most important thing, what's the most important thing? Tawheed. Where in this hadith do we, do we see Tawheed? It's here. It's here. Where? I'm with you, but from what was the statement? It's a fasting for Allah alone. Where do we derive that understanding from? Now, but, but 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 give me the statement as it comes in the hadith. No, wait, 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 let me give you the answer. The, the, the brother said that a man he leaves off his desires and, and, and his food and his drink for Allah. What's the statement in the hadith? Now, for my sake, now is that the fasting is mine and I shall reward forward. A man gives up his you know, sexual desires, his food, and his drink for my sake. This is what we want to look at, right? This is what we want to look at because undoubtedly, fasting it acclimates an individual to righteousness. Now, that the, the fasting is a protection, is a shield from what? From from, from the hellfire, from the adab of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, so on and so forth. So this shows that the fasting it acclimates us to goodness, wholesomeness, goodliness. Now, so I want you to reflect upon this here because from the characteristics of fasting, this is the greatest characteristic. This is the greatest characteristic right here. From this characteristic of fasting, inshallah ta'ala, we'll come and we'll see. Is that what? Is that fasting helps reinforce the ikhlas? It helps reinforce the ikhlas like no other deed. And we'll come to see why. Bidnilahi ta'ala. Right? Al-ikhlas. And al-ikhlas to siyam akhtar. Having sincerity in fasting is greater. It's greater. Yani, yani, akhtar minhu fi ghayri. Min al-a'mal. It is more in fasting than in other actions. And in other deeds. Naam. He explains, he says that what? He says that an individual could be fasting and he can be with the people and it's not even known. No one knows. A person could be fasting in the middle of a crowd. No one knows. No one knows the fasting. Because fasting, as the ulama, they say it is what? A sir. It is a secret between Allah and between His slave. So the ikhlas that is there in fasting is not like in other deeds. Do you understand? Because you can do it totally hidden. You can do it totally hidden. 
شايف على كل حال we see this from the statement of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this hadith as the Prophet has narrated it to us that he has left off his desires mean his sexual desires his food and his drink for my sake his food and his drink for my sake this is yani shayun azim this is something that is tremendous especially in the day and time that we live in right now but bila shak bila raybani in all times in all eras in all places this is the most important thing because the tawheed this is the reason that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created us uh, in the creation as Allah ta'ala says wa ma khalaqtu jinna wal insa illa liya'budun i did not create the jinn or the mankind except for them to worship me so anything that helps reinforces a tawheed is something that is of tremendous 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 importance because it helps us establish the purpose for which we were created so that's that's very important that's not a little important kind of important yeah no that's the epitome of importance because it helps us to implement the purpose and the reason that we were created the ulama they mentioned hey what my khalaq yani bismillah al-ayah al-ma'na so we understand the ma'na ijmali yani uh, in summary of the ayah wama khalaqtu jinna wal insa wa bu'athu jami'a ar-rusul illa lighaya samiya ay 'aliya wa hiya ibadati wahdi duna man siwa is that i had not created yani the meaning the jinn nor the human beings nor have i sent all of the messengers so now we so now we see we will create it to implement the tawheed but all of the messengers all of them all of the messengers that were sent was to what was so that mankind could establish tawheed but all of the books that were revealed was so mankind could establish a tawheed but so a tawheed is yani extremely important correct extremely important now with this being the case so he being extremely important the the reason we were created was to establish the tawheed now the reason that the messages were sent was to establish the tawheed the reason that the books came down was to establish the tawheed with that being the case Is there ever a situation where tawhid is not important? No. No way, right? How can that be possible? There's never a situation where tawhid is not important. Is there ever a situation where tawhid will be a detriment and talking about tawhid and reminding about tawhid will be a detriment to people? No. No. How can that be possible? Right? Is there ever is there ever a rectification yani da'wa islahiya is there ever a rectifying da'wa a reformative type of call that can be devoid of tawhid no no ever correct because tawhid is connected to the right of who allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but who has rights we establish allah has rights correct all right creation do we have rights amongst ourselves now 
brothers have right amongst themselves, right? The spouses have right over each other. The parents have right over the children. Children have rights over the parents. Yeah, everybody got rights over everybody, right? Even the road has a right over us. The animals have a right over us. The kufar have right over us, so on and so forth. Everybody has rights, correct? Right. But who right is most important? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you have a community and you've got problems inside of your community, that's because of what? Rights are not being established, correct? You with me? You have a community, you got problems, rights are not being established. If a man is beating his wife, that's because of what? Who, who right is not being established? The wife rights. If a wife is disrespectful to her husband and yani, belligerent and so on and so forth, and that causes what? Family problems. Who right is not being established? The husbands. But if the children are being neglected, they're not being educated, they're not being taught, they're not being taken care of, who rights are being neglected? The children. All these are what? Social problems, correct? But if you have if you have yani, crime inside the street where this one is being robbed and that one is being stolen from and this one is being hit over his head and so that one is being murdered, then what, what's happening now? The people the street are not doing what? Giving each other their rights. All of these are social ills, correct? Wait, if the white man is being racist to the black man and the black man is being racist to the black uh, to the white man, then this is the indicator of what that who? Rights are not being established, correct? All of these things we will save from social ills. When it comes to yeah, the economical ills and, 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 and so on and so forth, then this is what? Rights are not being established, correct? Wait. If you want to rectify society and look upon their rights and look upon the, and the, the, the things that rectify community, then what do you do? You look to see and to make sure that everyone's right is being established. Correct? So when you look to the rights and want to make sure that the rights are being established, who rights you going to look at first? Allah's rights. You understand? So now, how absurd is it for a person to come and say, you can't rectify a community from Falafel to Usul? Oh, wow. Huh? How absurd is that? This is an indication that what? This man doesn't understand the importance of a tawheed. Doesn't understand that if an individual is not giving Allah his rights, how in the world could you hope for him to give his wife her rights? How in the world could you hope for him to give the children their rights? How in the world could you hope for him to give the animal their rights? If he's not giving his wife's rights, you think he care about anybody else's rights? But if a person fears Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he gives to Allah ta'ala his right, he gives to the Prophet his right, he gives to the Sahaba his right, do you think that this man is going to neglect the rights of others? No, he's going to try to give others their rights. He's not going to try to steal from somebody because he knows that Allah will hold him accountable. He's not going to uh, 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 rape and murder because he knows Allah is going to hold him accountable. He's not going to swindle the people out of their money because he knows Allah is going to hold him accountable. He's not going to cheat the people because he knows Allah is going to hold him accountable. So how can it be? How can an individual possibly think that Tawheed, that Tawheed, when established and implemented, will not have lasting societal, global? positive effect. The Prophet Sallallahu went to a people, they used to go around the Kaaba naked. Right? They used to have orgies. Correct? They used to kill babies. Right? They used to, they used to bury the baby girl alive. Huh? Can you think of a crime more heinous against children you bury a baby alive? They used to drink intoxicants. 
People said we have methamphetamine problem in America. Okay, like that's the first time people had a problem with substances, substance abuse. Did not the progress I tell them go to people who, who used to drink, they used to become drunk, they were drunker, they had alcohol problem? Right? Right or wrong? Murder was widespread, correct? Injustice was widespread, correct? Racism and tribalism was widespread, correct? Right or wrong? These are these are ills that we see in today's society, correct? Yes. But what did the Prophet Sallallahu go to the Quraysh with? What was his call to them? First and foremost was what? Tawheed. La ilaha illallah. Why? Because that's how you rectify a society. If you, if you go out to the strippers and you get them all to cover, but then they still praying the Isa, what that do for them? Nothing. Nothing. Because they still making shirk with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So if you're going to rectify them, how do you start by rectifying them? Is by what? Is Tawheed. You get them to get their situation straight with their Lord. Once their situation straight with their Lord, then all the things else are going to fall into place with the light Ta'ala. Now that don't mean you don't mention it. It don't mean you don't mention it. You mention it. But you have to put everything in its proper place. These things, Yani, is of extreme importance. We have to understand the importance of a Tawheed. We have to understand the importance of Tawheed. And we have to understand that teaching and calling the people to Tawheed is not to the detriment of mentioning the other righteousness and the other virtue. You call the people to Tawheed and you remind them to pray. You call the people to Tawheed and you encourage them to fast. You call the people to Tawheed and you tell them stay away from sin. You call the people to Tawheed and you tell them stay away from bid'ah, don't sit with the mutadir, so on and so forth. Why? Why? By all still calling them to Tawheed, one does not come to the detriment of the other. Just because we tell you don't say what well, I bit, I'm not gonna talk about Tawheed. Just because we tell you to make sure you 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 you, you make it qiyamulay, you, you you praying in the night and encourage you to make witter. We're not gonna talk about Tawheed. No, we're gonna talk about Tawheed and we're gonna talk about everything else too at the same time. Because the ultimate rectification comes when the individual gets his relationship right with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When the individual gives to Allah his right, then the other rights, we talk about them, it's easy now to establish. Right? Easy to establish. Yes, Sheikh Abdul Razak Ta'ala, he narrates a story of one of his students. Who was from the West? He didn't say what country and what, what Western country he was from, but he said he was from the West. And the student used to give da'wah online, yani in, in a forum type setting, he would give da'wah. So an individual contacted him on, the, on, on, this, on this forum and said that I am a stripper. You understand? Said I'm a stripper. And so you know, yeah, end of it. So I'm a stripper. I've been listening to what you're talking about. I like Islam. It sounds so beautiful. But a person such as myself, I don't think I could, you know, I'm worthy to accept it, basically. SubhanAllah. Now, did the, did the brother go into the, the harms and the evils of, of adultery and, and showing your body and getting naked and dancing and like this? Did you talk about that stuff? He said, no, none of that stuff. But rather he said unto her, he said, have you killed 99 people? She said, no, I ain't killed 99 people. And then he narrated to her the hadith of the man who killed 99 people. And then when he asked the monk and the monk gave the wrong answer, he killed him making it 100. But yet at the end, we all know the hadith, at the end what? The man was forgiven, correct? So he said, have your crimes reached this level? She said, no. He said, so if he can be forgiven, how come you can't be forgiven? If he can rectify himself, why you can't rectify yourself? And she understood and she accepted Islam. 
she accepted Islam. Naam? Because his call to her first and foremost was what? Get your situation straight with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Establish the right of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Establish the tawheed. But did he uh, 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 turn his eye to what she was doing? No, because he identified it's evil. It's very evil. It's horrible. It's despicable. But it's not as more despicable than what he did. He was forgiven. You could be forgiven. Allah ta'ala forgives all sins. Right? Just like I always said, he just taught us, right? Or reminded us of, correct? Allah Ta'ala forgives all sins. But it starts with, the rectification starts with what? With Tawheed. It starts with La ilaha illallah. Muhammad Rasulullah. That's where it starts. So if we want to rectify the society, our, 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 ourselves and so on and so forth, then it starts by what? Tawheed. So we want to look at, really brothers, this is very important, we want to look at those things we need in our day-to-day life. Those things that's going to benefit us day in and day out. And be like shabu, be like ray, that which is going to benefit us day in and day out is what? It's Tawheed. If we ain't got Tawheed, is there any benefit for us real for real? No, no, never. The Tawheed. You understand? So the fasting, ya yeah, subhanAllah, it increases us in what? Ikhlas. Why? Because you're doing an action, you're doing a deed, that there are going to be periods and points in time inside of the day where no human being is around you. No human beings around you. The kid may come home from school by themselves. Right? No one is in the house. The refrigerator is there, right? All the food in the pantry is there, correct? But then the kitty won't eat, they'll maintain their fast. Why? For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You understand? A man, he may be working and he's out toiling labor, he gets thirsty, his mouth gets dry. You understand? He can go to his car, right? Huh? He go to his car, correct? How many of the brothers work hard jobs inside Ramadan? Lunch time for you become nap time. You go to your car, you take a nap. Correct? Huh? Well, look, I know I did it. Y'all looking at me, anybody want to say nothing? I know I've done it. Okay? But when you alone in your car, you can you can drink something, right? You can eat a biscuit, correct? Huh? No, I'm not. I'm not saying you will. But I'm just saying the possibility is there, correct? Right? But you don't do it. Why? For Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, because your concern is what is your Lord. You don't want to make your Lord angry with you. You want to please Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Understand this: fasting acclimates to righteous good deeds. So you have to take the same concept and apply it everywhere in your life. Everywhere in your life. Yes, How often, unfortunately, is, it, is a situation where people, they will comply with falsehoods out of fear of the people around them. They worry, if I don't agree with what you all are saying, yeah? if I don't co-sign what you all are saying, then you're going to get mad at me. You're going to abuse me on social media. You're going to talk about me on Facebook. You're going to talk about me on Twitter. Huh? You're going to boycott me. You're not going to talk to me. And then people, they do what? They cave in. They cave in at a time because they're looking at who? The people around them. They're so busy looking at the people around them. 
You forgot about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Where is your muraqibah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Where is your acknowledgement? Where is your recognition that Allah ta'ala hears you? Allah ta'ala sees you? Allah ta'ala knows the innermost secrets of you and that which is most secret. Allah ta'ala knows what you're doing. You don't care about your Lord become angry with you? You worrying about these people? What these people really can do to you? They talk about you on Twitter. Oh, boo, boo. What that do to you? You can't pay your sprint bill now because they talk about you on Twitter? Huh? You can't eat your, your food because they talk about you on Twitter? Huh? Does that happen? No. They write about you on Facebook. They come and they troll your page and they harass you. It's an annoyance, okay. But what does it really do? Does it hurt your life? Huh? You gonna lose your job because they said something about you on Facebook? Huh? They don't want to talk to you. They don't want to be your friend no more. Okay. Huh? No, I'm asking this seriously because it's amazing that we find grown men acting like little kids. You see, when we was little, in the sandbox, they said, I won't be your friend no more. That was a big thing. I hurt your feelings. What you mean be my friend no more? You don't play me no more? What do you mean? I can't play tag with y'all no more? That was something serious. That moves you. But as a grown man, somebody said, I won't be your friend no more. The Prophet said, said, well, that the man is on the religion of his friend. So look to what? So look, yeah, so look to the one you take as a friend. If you want to be a person that supports falsehood and you're running and you knowingly support falsehood, then I don't want to be your friend. Forget that you don't be my friend. I don't want to be your friend. Because if you're going to support falsehood, if you're going to do things that get you, that, 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 that jeopardizes you, and now you may be punished by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what do I want to do with you? You're going to hurt me. You don't mess around with the criminal in the street. How come you don't hang around with the criminal in the street and run where he run and do what he do because what? You don't want the cops to, to, to arrest you. Correct? You say, I'm not going to, because you know, I don't want to be guilty by association. They think I'm doing what you're doing. Now they arrest me too. So you stay away from him. Correct? Wait, who are you more scared of? The cops or Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? You don't hang around a drug dealer because you don't want to get arrested. But you're going to hang around this person and he's supporting falsehood. And now you're under threat of Allah's punishment. And that's cool with you. Where is this concept where the only thing is important is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The only thing that's important is what Allah know about you. The only thing that's important is gaining Allah's pleasure and staying away from his anger. Where's that concept? Where's that concept that stops you from eating when no one is around you? Where's that at? Where's that ikhlas? Where's that ikhlas? Where's that preparing for the day of judgment? That day when neither money nor children is going to avail anybody. That day when that, when that joker that say he won't be your friend no more, everybody going to run away from everybody. Where's your preparation for a day that you really need it? Allah Ta'ala, inside of this noble book, He says, وَمَا أُمِرُوا إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُوا اللَّهَ مُخْلِصِينَ لَهُ الدِّينَ حُنَفَاءَ And they will not command and accept to worship Allah alone, making all of the religions sincerely unto Him. حُنَفَاءَ حُنَفَاءَ Meaning that they are ones who intentionally go away from shirk. They establish tawheed and they intentionally stay away from shirk. Now. That Tawheed is the most crucial and the most important of affairs. 
Remember what we were saying that somebody getting mad at you, they want to boycott you, okay, they don't want to be your friend no more, fine. They're going to talk about you on Twitter, talk about you on Facebook, talk about you on, I don't know, whatever. Okay, that's fine. But is that going to make or break you? No, not at all. But whether or not you establish Tawheed or not, will that make or break you? Yes. Yes. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says in his noble book, وَلَقَدْ أُوحِيَ إِلَيْكَ وَإِلَى الَّذِينَ مِنْ قَبْلِكَ لَإِنْ أَشْرَقْتَ لَيَحْفَقْنَ عَمَلُكَ And that verily we have revealed to those who were before you, and yani, uh, uh, we have revealed to those who were before you, O Muhammad. Naam? That if you were to make shirk, then all of your deeds will be rendered null and void, gone. And verily, most definitely, you will be from the losers. And you will definitely, most definitely be from the losers. But rather worship Allah and be from those who are thankful unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The point here is that what? Is that shirk is never an option. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And who is the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? He's the best of Allah's creatures. Allah Ta'ala told the Prophet and this ayah is addressing the Prophet but the ulama they mentioned, but the nation yani, it's, it's, it's more applicable to the nation. Because the Prophet making shirk. Is that possible? No. No. Allah Ta'ala that verily you are upon the, uh, yani, a, a tremendous character. You have tremendous character. He has good character. Yes, good character is indicative of a person giving everyone his rights. So of course, good character, he give Allah his rights. Can a person have good character he don't give Allah his rights? He no. He said, oh, but he's good to the animals, he's good to this, but he good to... But you don't give Allah his rights, so you're worthless. Can't be nice to animals or not. You're worthless, you don't give Allah his rights. What other thing you give a cat some milk and some whatever? So what? In, I mean, I'm saying, so what in retrospect? Meaning, Yom Al-Qiyam, that's going to help him? He used to feed the cats in the neighborhood? No, it didn't help him. Why? Because he was making shirk. He was praying to this one and praying to that one. Other along with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So him feeding the little kitties in the neighborhood don't mean nothing. You understand? He fed human beings. Don't mean nothing. He gave money for you know, clean water initiative. Don't mean nothing. Why? Because he made shirk with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So his making shirk, what? It broke him. That was destruction. See, we talking real things now that's going to make or break you. So Allah Ta'ala is telling that even the Prophet Muhammad that even if he were to make shirk, then all of his deeds will be rendered null and void and that most definitely, undoubtedly, he'll be from the losers. This is Muhammad Sallallahu this is showing you that what? There's no exception. There's no exception. Nobody can make shirk. Shirk is not accepted from nobody. No exception. No exception for shirk. Period. So let us remember these things that's going to make or break us and stick to these things. Remember, your Lord is looking at you. Allah Ta'ala, inside of the Hadith Al-Qudsi, Allah Ta'ala says, That I am the one who is yani, absolutely, totally, no need for partners to be associated with me. Whoever does an action way he associates other with with me in it, then I have left him and that was he has associated, left him and his shirk. Him and his shirk is left. Allah Ta'ala inside of his noble book he says, وَأَنَّ الْمَسَاجِدَ لِلَّهِ فَلَا تَدْعُوا مَعَ اللَّهِ أَحَدًا 
Allah Ta'ala, He says that verily the masajid belong to Allah, so do not call upon others with Allah. The masajid belong to Allah, so do not call upon others with Allah. Ahada. Naam? Ahada. Wa'abdullah, wa la tushriku bihi shay'ah. Naam? As the Ustadi mentioned in his class. Same thing. Worship Allah alone and do not associate partners with Him whatsoever. Period. Do not call upon others along with Allah. Period. I had that. Don't call upon no one else with Allah subhanahu Whether it's Jibreel or whether it's Mikhail or whether it's Muhammad or whether it's Ibrahim or Isa. Don't call upon anyone else. Period. Mahma man kan. No matter who they may be. Benefit. Point of benefit. What is the meaning of masajid? What masajid mean? Places of worship. Now, that's one meaning. That's one meaning. This is what I want you to write down in your books now, or in your memo point pad and your side, your, uh, your phone, and that. Huh. Is that what masajid? The ulama of tafsir they explain that from the meaning of masajid, huh? Ennaha masajid allati buyutu salawat. That it is the masajid that are the houses of, yani for the salat, the masjid, down the genre of masjid, the kasrijin. Masjid. Now, that, that that highlight will make more sense in a little bit. Okay? That it means masjid. The plural of masjid. Like we sitting here now, it ain't masjid. That the masjid belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, but another meaning. Another meaning for masajid is that what? As the early master said, they explain. Is that are the limbs by way in which the slave he prostrates with. This also enters into the meaning of masajid. Those limbs that you make sujood with. Okay? Those limbs that you prostrate with. That makes sense? Hmm? You with me? Wait. Thalith. Third. Anna murad bil masajid ha huna al-buqa'ah kullu. Is that what is meant by masajid here? It means the earth. All of the earth. The place where sujood is made. All of the earth. Right? All belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Naam. Also, fourthly, what is meant by masajid is as-sujood. As-sujood. The prostration itself. And in, 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 in this sense, Naam, Masjid, oh excuse me, Masajid, Masajid, Jamr, Masjid, Masjid, the Fatha Jim, with a Fatha on the Jim, right? The other one, the plural, 
of the life of what we're sitting in right now is what? Is mass jig. The kasri jim. It's a kasra on the jim. But we change that kasra to a fatha. It's another word, another meaning. That means sujood. The prostration itself. Right? The prostration itself. That which you prostrate with, the prostration itself. So in that case, then masajid will be jamrat masjid. So upon this, then one will be masjid and the plural will be masajid. Now, this is an important point, as the Ramah Tafsir they mentioned. When you find various statements inside of the books of Tafsir as it comes from the Salaf, where they bring different meanings for the same word or the same ayah. The ulama they mentioned that the vast, the overwhelmingly vast majority of the time, this is ikhtilaf to no word. It's an ikhtilaf where they're all right. It's not ikhtilaf to God. It's ikhtilaf is of two types. You have ikhtilaf to God. The ikhtilaf, the differing, where one is wrong. One is right, one is wrong. That's called to God. Then you have an ikhtilaf of to no work, where they're all right. For example, the, the different ad'iyah uh, for, for, for the salat, the different supplications you can make in the salat, as narrated on the Prophet وسلم, as come in the Sunnah of the Prophet. All of them are correct. A person, he may say this one, another person, he say that one. They're both saying two different things, but they're both right. That makes sense? The various uh, recitations of the Quran, different recitations, but they're all right. They're all correct. That makes sense? So the vast majority of uh, these type of ikhtilaf, when it comes to the tafsir, you find they're all correct. So I want you to keep that in mind. Now let's go back to the meaning of masajid. Allah Ta'ala says, وَأَنَّ الْمَسَاجِدِ لِلَّهِ And it verily the masajid belongs to Allah. فَلَا تَدْعُوا مَعَ اللَّهِ أَحَدًا So don't worship anything along with Allah Ta'ala. Don't call upon anything else along with Allah Subh'ana Wa Ta'ala. Look back. The masjid, meaning the plural of the places of worship, like we're sitting in a masjid right now. They belong to Allah. What is this masjid made out of? Wood, sheet rock, brick, mortar, yani, whatever the case is. All of these things were what? Created by Allah. So how would an individual have the audacity to utilize that which Allah has created to worship other than Allah? In the shirk Verily shirk is the most oppressive thing. The worst sin. Is the worst misappropriation because Lord, Lord can be misappropriation. What are shades You put something in other than its right place. That's Lord. That's oppression. Meaning what? A misappropriation. Now, ibadah belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you take that ibadah and give it to something else, then what? That's the greatest misappropriation. You give an ibadah to something else, but it belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How can a person have the audacity to take the, that which Allah Ta'ala has created and utilize it to worship other than him? So the masajid belongs to Allah. Don't call upon anything else. But the masjid coming meaning the, the a'adah, 
the body parts. Who made these arms? Allah, who made the legs? Allah, who made the knees? Allah, who made the feet? Allah, who made the nose? Allah, who made the hands? Allah, who made the forehead? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So how in the world a person going to take his body that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has, 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 has created for him and given to him, huh? And blessed him and made that body proportionate so that his so, so, so that his arms are not longer than his legs. You understand what I'm saying? Could you imagine that was the case, your arms longer than your legs? Allah Mustang. Allah Ta'ala created us in the best of forms. Allah Ta'ala gave us intellect. Allah Ta'ala gave us yani, the faculties of hearing and seeing. Allah Ta'ala has given us all the bodily systems that our body works and it, it operates and so on and so forth. How in the world an individual going to take that which Allah Ta'ala has given him and use it to pray to other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? So Bradley, your limbs belong to Allah, so don't utilize your limbs to call upon other than Him. Now let us look that the, uh, the the earth, the earth, the place where the person may be prostrating, it belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The hill, the sand, the dip, the low, the, the valley, the everything belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So how you gonna utilize Allah Ta'ala's earth to pray to other than him? Now the sujood itself, yani, belongs to Allah Taala. Allah Taala is the one who has created you and given you the opportunity, giving you the means by way in which you can prostrate. Allah Taala is the one who is giving you the intellect by way in which you prostrate yourself with. How we want to use that prostration for other than Allah Taala? So when one looks at this ayah, he realizes that what all of them are correct. What does it mean? It means all of them. So when a person looks at this in every which way, shape, and form, then he realizes that the whole of his existence has to be in establishing a tawheed. The siyam, it reinforces the concept and the mindfulness that one has to remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and do things for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So thus and therefore we see the significance and the importance of the fasting. For this, some of the ulama, they say due to this, and from the mature, they mean, nah, is that from this you'll find that the, that, that shiyam is the greatest act of worship al itlaq period. Period. This is why it has been specified by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with all of the actions of the son of Adam over him except for Fasting. Why? Because there is a level of ikhlas inside of the fasting that is not inside of the other deeds. And we're going to come more as we want to reflect more upon this hadith to see some more benefits from it and how the fasting has a tremendously great and significant impact upon our lives. Now, has a tremendous impact upon our lives. But, bithnillahi ta'ala, we'll save that uh, to, the next, to the next class. And we want to just reiterate and to focus in on now is that what is that the significance of the fasting as relates to reminding and acclimating an individual to have sincerity unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to reflect and to be mindful of his relationship with his Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala and that he does what he does, he does everything that he does, fi sabilillah. That she does everything that she does, fi sabilillah. For the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, for Allah ta'ala's sake, all of our deen, ya ibad, has to be like this. That we do everything we do for Allah Ta'ala's sake. Our reading of the Quran is for the sake of Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala because we're looking for the pleasure of Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala. We're looking for the reward from Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. We're doing it for Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. We ain't worried about no other thing. Only Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. Naam.
It's very important. It's very important. It's Tawheed. Wa and what? It's Tawheed and what? You tell me. Huh? Wa shadu la ilaha illallah. This is what? It's Tawheed, sir. Wa shadu anna Muhammad Rasulullah. Give me one word. It's Ibaat now. Give me another word. Huh? Sunnah. It's Tawheed with Sunnah. <laughs> that's 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 the mandate right there. It's so he was sunnah, correct? All right. If I were to stop right there, that's enough, huh? No, I mean like that. But I'm saying like if I stop right there, I'm saying so he was sunnah. It's enough? No, nah, no. So he was not just so he was sunnah. So he was sunnah upon whose understanding? The Sahaba, the Salaf al-Salih. Why? Because a person has so he was sunnah, but they're not implemented correctly, then it, it, don't, it don't help them. In order to implement it right, to do it right, you got to do it like the Sahaba. Now, correct? وَالسَّابِقُونَ الْأَوَّلُونَ مِنَ الْمُهَاجِرِينَ وَالْأَنصَارِ وَالَّذِينَ اتَّبِعُوهُمْ بِإِحْسَانِ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُمْ وَرَضُوا عَنْهُ And those who came first and foremost from the Muhajirun and Ansar, and those who follow them in good, Allah is pleased with them and they are pleased with Him. So we have to be upon the way of Sahaba. Alaykum bi sunnati wa sunnati Upon you is my sunnah and the sunnah of the got a khulafa after me. Naam? Right, we gotta be upon the way of the Sahaba. Naam? Because the only way to implement the Quran and the sunnah correctly is based upon the understanding of the. Salaf al-Salih, the Sahaba. Naam. So, it's a he was sunnah upon the fahm of the Salaf of this Ummah. This is our mandate. This is what it's about. Everything else, we don't want that. La al-Hizbiyya. No to Hizbiyya. La al-Bid'ah. No to Bid'ah. La al-Kufr. No to Kufr. La al-Nifaq. No to Nifaq. No to all that stuff. Naam to what? Naam to the sunnah. Naam to tawheed. Naam to the way to sell it. That's it. And when you understand the reality of what? Of the siyam, then you will understand that the siyam helps you in fulfilling what you was looking for and being upon the Quran, the sunnah, upon the understanding of the salaf. This is what I wanted to remind myself and all of you with. فنتفي بهذا القدر وصلى الله وسلم على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين وجزاكم الله خيرا